0: And to connect with your soul because when you take care of you your results will take care of themselves well hello everyone and thank you for joining us for another episode of inflow with soul my name is dr mary maduna gross and today i am speaking with chris abazis
1: abazis it's all good though however you want to say it it's um you know just don't call me late for dinner
0: i'm with chris chris thank you so much for setting aside time to be with us today
1: my pleasure. It's nice to be here. And what a name, Inflow with Soul. So it's just my soul was flowing in the direction of this program. So here I am.
0: <laughs> you felt it. Well, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but you will be the first male guest on our show. Originally. I don't know that. Yeah. So originally this in my mind, this was created like for women entrepreneurs. Cause I felt like a lot of the things that we're talking about, I, I thought that they were unique to women. And the more that I'm talking about the concepts that uh of mindset and, and um, consciousness, this crosses all, male and female. So I'm very grateful to have you uh, share this space with us and to hear from you today, um, your areas of expertise. So would you start by just giving us a like a, a little snippet about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Well, uh, I am a business coach and speaker, and um, I'd say I specialize in the three L's, which are leadership, language, and leverage. So uh, my idea when I kind of uh, went into business for myself, I came out of office leadership. Before that, I was in real estate sales and running and operating uh, real estate offices. And then kind of going on my own, my idea was that uh, I think everybody should like love their work, well, really love their life. And I think... I'm one of those people that doesn't really make the distinction between work and life. Okay. I think it's kind of just all a package deal. And um, it's it's important to love it all as a, as a kind of holistic package. And I think that everything that we do should be in alignment and that we should absolutely love what we do, love our lives. And uh, that's what I help people do. And it's typically through leverage is really uh, the case. I mean, I, I work with a lot of people that have had successful businesses and they kind of don't know where to go. They've hit a ceiling. They find themselves... No longer loving what they're doing, no longer loving their life, working late and things like that. So through leverage, I typically help them to find more time in their day, and more time in their business, more time to enjoy their life and do the things they love, uh, get back to loving what they're doing, and um, that's kind of uh, they can take that time and do more business or uh, drink more beer, whatever they want to do. That's kind of that's <laughs> kind of the people I work with.
0: I love that because I think that a lot of people get into entrepreneurship with this idea, especially if they're coming from corporate. So if they've come from corporate, they probably had this experience where they had very little control over their lives, over the work that they did, and they see entrepreneurship as an opportunity for that freedom. And exactly sometimes we get into entrepreneurship and we find that there's actually less freedom there than maybe we were experiencing in corporate or whatever we were doing before. So in, in your own personal experience, what was that like for you? Like, have you always had an entrepreneurial mindset or was there some sort of transition that you went through? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: I, I, that's interesting. I think I've kind of always been self-employed. I mean, when I was, my my first jobs, I was an employee uh, and I think it was, um, not too far after that, that, um, I got into the restaurant business That kind of like you have freedom and autonomy where, uh, and then, you know, your income is up to you. And, uh, uh and when, I was, when I was in college, I kind of had a wake up moment where I, I realized that, everybody in college was there to learn how to do something so that they can get a good job with a good company, kind of like the secure, stable thing. And we're we're offered no, uh, nobody ever talks about, I remember the orientation for college, for example, when they're talking about majors and they're like, does anybody have any questions? And I raised my hand, they're like, yes, sir. And it went up to the microphone and I said, what should I major in if I'd like to own a college? And they just kind of looked at each other and uh, understand, well, you know, and I'm like, they're like, Oh, there's no real major for that. And I'm like, well, somebody owns this piece right here right. We're next to him. And I'd like to sit on that board. Right. Yeah. So, um, And I was always passionate about education and things like that, but it was kind of, I started to realize that people I admired and looked up to kind of uh, arrived where they were not through this formal path or because uh, kind of, we tend to in, in society, we tend to live the lives that other people think are great for us or that yes. society wants us to be, you know, we, you know, we go to school, we get good grades, we go to college, we get a good job, we get married, we have kids, we have dogs and stuff. You know, I mean, look, it's not everybody. What, what if I don't want a job? What if I, what if I don't want a job? What if, what if I want to do something that doesn't require a degree? Once I stopped going to school for a degree, I started taking classes and learning about things I really wanted to learn about. Uh, I started my own business when I was um, 19 years old. And um, that was my first business. I had an entertainment company. Uh, And then I got into the real estate sales, which is, I figured I would do that until I figured I want to be when I grow up. And uh, both those businesses did pretty well. So by my mid 20s, I was doing better than my friends that were graduating with master's degrees in business. They had MBAs and couldn't find jobs, right, in uh, the early 2000s. And um, so I said, I guess this is what I'm going to do. And I became my evolution of being in business for myself. My first evolution was sky's the limit, no boss. You know, it's up to me, right? My when I was young, my next evolution was when I was overseas, and I had my entertainment company, and I had somebody running everything for me and depositing money in the bank. So my second evolution was being able to uh, have something that operates without me being there. I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, my my third evolution wasn't until I got into office leadership, and I was running the company, which was actually one of my first employee experiences because I was still an employee as a CEO, but I was also an owner. And that was to be able to. My third evolution of owning a business was to be able to provide opportunities for other people. Uh, and that was kind of uh, I had never even considered that. And there I was in my you know thirty years old, my early thirties, and saying, "Wow, uh, I can actually provide opportunities for other people." And so that was kind of like the three evolutions of of being in business for myself. And I just started to love business. Started to love to talk to people. I didn't care if you were a Starbucks barista. Or an uber driver like um i was interested in your ideas and what you had to offer and things like that and that stuff really lights me up and so i love to talk to all different kinds of business owners like yourself and the people we come across and this really talk to them about where they came from and well uh, you know what they're passionate about and so one of the first things i do with people i work with is i talk to them about that time like hey you're bogged down in paperwork and compliance and all this kind of garbage now but when you started this thing you you loved something you were super passionate about it. let's get back there and then helping them get back there so that's kind of uh, I've gone through those evolutions myself you know I mean you, uh, you and I both I mean look we've <laughs> we we walked away from uh what you know opportunities and jobs or careers that other people in our shoes would would love to get offered once in a lifetime and we said goodbye to those things to really follow our passion to do what we love so here we are that's here it. we are
0: here we are and I, I I before we rest on where we are now. I I really want to go back to this experience that you were having about, um, you know, I I tried the college route. It really wasn't for me. I chose Mm. to leave college while my friends continued in college, and and then I pursued what I really wanted. Mm. What was that like for you? Because um, I have a, I'll call it an assumption, right? Well, let's say it's based on my experience, like there are people (laughs) whomever those people are, whether your family, your friends, your, your circle of, of people that say, well, this is a path that you should be on and you're pushing back against that. Yeah. What was that like for you?
1: Well, well, first of all, I didn't, I've got, I got put in academic probation for a semester that that's when I got my real estate license and I never went back. Um, I you know, I, I, my family, I was raised by my mom. Um, and, uh, You know, my dad was around. I didn't really have super successful parents, Um, so it was uh, they never went to college. And um, I mean, my dad ran a um, my dad ran a family business, a catering hall. He was very good at it. He was a very good sales guy. My mom was always a social worker. Was gave everything to the world. Never uh, nobody ever gave anything to her. And uh, so, but yeah, from very modest beginnings, but very supportive. So I didn't really have like family pressure and things like that. And I was fortunate. It was more societal pressure. even colleagues even you know even like friends and stuff like oh, who well, what are you going to do no one's going to hire you and Then I'm like listen up what if I what if I don't want to get hired what if I want to do the hiring and i mean fast forward to when i was running these offices looking at resumes for front desk personnel or operations management like where i was i mean i was at the top of the chain there hiring other people with more impressive resumes and higher educated than me and what a moment what a moment that was but it was i was pretty um I mean, it's it's when you look, it's not too hard to see. Our brains will always find the evidence to validate whatever we believe, right? Whatever craziness we believe. So, if we believe that you need to be super educated um, in order to have a good job, you'll find the evidence for that. But if you believe that there's tons of successful people out there that um, did not get that way through college, did not get that way through nepotism or all these other things, you'll find that evidence too. And I think when you do research on uh, entrepreneurs and uh, inventors and uh, creators and stuff, uh, there you're going to find that a lot of times they arrived at their place through an unconventional uh, path, we can say. And and I'm still I'm passionate. I'm just super curious. So I think I always am aware of my own ignorance that I don't know everything. Because of that, it's enabled me to. I, every day, I mean, Mary, I love it when I hear about something like I didn't even know that was a thing. Tell me that again. What'd you say, man? I didn't even know. Today, in my networking breakfast, somebody told said that so, you know, oh, my son is travels around the world. He does this job. He mentioned something. I'm like, that's a thing. Some nuclear something or other. I'm like, I didn't even know that that was a thing, <laughs> right? And I just, uh, that's what lights me up about life. It's really to be curious.
0: I love that. So. Not only oh, you had supportive family and, and you, mm-hmm. you may have had some expectation outside expectations about the path you should be taking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there all what I'm also hearing in your story though, is that you just, you created your own path. Is that true?
1: Yeah. In a way, uh, you know, I, I created my own path. It's I never, <clears throat> sometimes I wasn't smart. You know, I was a big risk taker. I never, uh, I was never worried about, I was never scared about outcomes and things like that. I mean, it's, I mean, it's even kind of now, like, you know, all the, all the kind of COVID crazy that we see the world happening. We see the world responding a certain way. And there's just me like, eh, there's germs and sometimes we get sick, but what if you die? And I'm like, eh, sometimes you die and sometimes you die. It's not worth not shaking hands or hugging people over, but you know, I'll be okay. Right. So, and that's just kind of how I approach life. You know, it's like, oh, I made a lot of money. I got to pay a lot of taxes. Go figure. Well, well yeah, I guess, I guess I got to do this. You know, I guess I got caught speeding. I guess I got to pay the ticket. Right. So that's just, I'm just super like uh, and it's 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 um I mean some some call it irresponsible really in my approach to life so I kind of created my own path but I always I always fixated on something so my problem is um like the serial entrepreneur right or um what, I forgot her name she wrote the book on being a multi potentialite uh, Emile Wapnick right and she talks about being a multi potentialite and we're like taught that we hear these things like jack of all trades master of none but what about, but what if what if you getting interested and excited about things. What if you're really good at that? And what if it is short-lived? Who, why can't you have five or six careers throughout your life? Why can't you be involved with all these things? And that's kind of like, that's more of the resistance that I would have around me. Like, oh, you keep jumping around from like, well, why is that a bad thing? I, I'm, I'm not asking anybody for anything. I'm okay. I I have to be one okay walking away from a quarter million dollar a year job, not you. So it's like, look, I, I, I don't need... Well, I, maybe I don't want a five-bedroom house. Maybe I don't, right? So it, that's that's more of like the resistance that you get. Like people just kind of, you know, try to get you to focus or buckle down. And, that's, and it happens within our business.
0: It, it does. And again, going back to like societal expectations, yeah. um, not only is there an expectation for a path, but there's an expectation for what success looks like, Yeah. right? And And they're judging you based on their expectations for success. So I wonder, what is what are your standards for success? How do you know when you're being successful and when you're not?
1: Yeah, and that's a great question because the people I work for, I would, tell, I would say I'm success. And uh, I remember somebody was saying, um, well, the language is both concrete and abstract, right? So, I mean, concrete, we can agree that this desk is hard, right? But abstract terms, most of our language is abstract. We talk about things like passion or love or success, or humor, right? So, what does success mean to the individual? Um, and I think success, in my opinion, is when your current reality, your real life, is in alignment for what you wanted to design for. It. And that that, and then how we design that life is different, right? So, for example, I have a low economic drive. So, um, if um, my my I might feel successful if I'm able to do what I love, working ten hours a week, and meet all my needs, right? Uh, But whereas another person might not feel successful unless they have a million dollars of passive income coming in every year. Right, I feel successful that a good portion of my income is passive. I feel successful because I'm able to do things that I love and still generate income from it, not without putting a price tag on it. But then also being an efficiency coach, a leverage coach, um, I f- I feel like I succeed even through my clients. Where okay, you don't want to make any more money. Let's make the same amount of money with the half amount of, with the, with half as much time. Right? Oh man, that's that's success. So that's I mean how I define success is the general is when you're. When your life, your reality is in alignment with your blueprint for that reality. And that's where the different... Because people have different blueprints. Listen, if you don't design your own life, you're open to let other people design it for you and you might just not like what they have in mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I think that's a perfect... Uh Encapsulation of this whole idea of there's a path for us, right? And and yeah. people in our our lives have expected us to follow a path, and and even if that they drop their expectations for us, we somehow pick up those expectations, right? And think like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and this is how yeah. I'm supposed to be doing it, and here's what success is going to look like, and if I don't meet that standard of success, well, I must be yeah. failing. And
1: exactly, um,
0: you had mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, you know, this idea of you know, maybe I do this for a while and then I drop it and move on to something else, mm-hmm. and that uh, others might see that as irresponsible. What I would say back to that is what I've heard, you, everything that I've heard you say so far in this conversation is that you take full responsibility for your life, for the experiences that you're having, for the outcomes you're having. If you, if you you get a speeding ticket you get a speeding ticket if you get sick you get sick if you die you die like yeah exactly it, you're just you're owning it to me that is the core of responsibility personal accountability is a huge thing exactly and so when we get sucked into or or intentionally or unintentionally follow this path that other people have set out for us the, uh, to me that's the irresponsible part because that's saying I don't have to make any decisions here. All I have to do is get on this path and just keep following the path that somebody else has already set out. Yeah. Whereas with the entrepreneur, I think we are um, driven to create our own path. And that's scary because we don't have those guidelines of what does success There's nobody to blame. Yeah. Yes.
1: There's. Well, you have this victim mentality, right? Like everyone's always, uh. My job sucks. My boss, this, my boss. Well, I'm just like, get a new job. It's not that easy. Well, uh, I hate my spouse. Well, get a new one. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, but if you, because victims complain and they blame everything on outside things. Right. Uh, And like you said, I think being, when you choose to be an entrepreneur, I think one of the things that people fear is, you know, being there left there in that place of emptiness where they've, they might've run into a failure and sometimes it wouldn't be a failure, uh, I mean, we can't succeed without failing, right? Like John Maxwell wrote that book, "Failing Forward," and it's look. I mean, how many failures? Dan Stewart talks about. He has it in his bio. I'm a I'm a I'm a seven time a seven time entrepreneur, four time failure or something like that. It's in his bio, uh, and I think um, I think that's what it takes. I think that's entrepreneurs and risk takers and people that really put it all out there. They look at failure differently, or they're not afraid of failure. They're not afraid of other people's standards and like, yeah, what if I'm not um, what if I'm not, uh, you know? What if I'm not like all my friends, my peers, and my colleagues? What if my mom and dad aren't proud of what I'm doing? What if my what if my kids aren't aren't proud of what I'm doing? You know, it's. I mean, I. I turned down speaking engagements, you know, Um, I turned down being on tour for all these speaking engagements. I had a very good opportunity with the company I was with previously being a traveling coach. And I turned it down because I had young children, those very young children that I thought being home for holidays and spending all this time with them and being at the beach on a Wednesday, uh, I thought they would appreciate. And then, you know, one of those kids grew up to appreciate it. The other kid grew up like, why couldn't you just have that job, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) We can have boats, you know, and it's like, well, (laughs) there you go. So, so that's what it is. And I think it's we just always got to remember that we can't do things for other people. You'll never arrive at that place where you're making everybody happy, uh, where you're checking all the boxes. So you just got to be really super clear about who you are and where you want to be. And that's going to be what impacts the people around you. I mean, it's when I decided to be that way and occur to people that way, that's when people are just like, oh, man, I want to be just like you. I, I can't tell you, I, not a week goes by where people are like, hey, Chris, I want to be like you when you grow up. I'm like, do you really? Because if you want to be like me, you've got to do what I did. And I don't mean work hard. I mean, walk away from jobs i mean be willing to be broke be willing to fail and fall on your face be willing to have people saying like you know what you're doing doesn't have worth or value and you know and that stuff does get to you i mean we don't need criticism from anybody i mean we don't need criticism from anybody else we're our own worst critics i mean how often are we there like am i really making a difference am i really having an impact and then something comes in and you realize you are making an impact and having a difference and that's and that's what makes it all worth it
0: yeah it absolutely does um i love it i love how you brought us back to that so is there anything that you would say to um let's say someone who a young adult maybe who's who feels like this is a path that they're supposed to be on but they really feel drawn somewhere else you maybe they don't even know what that other alternative is but they feel drawn somewhere else what would you say to them
1: i look i I say dip your toe in a lot of waters um you know if it's look, if you're inspired, right? So, um, one of my old coaches, uh, <laughs> Allison Crow Flanagan, she used to say, "She's like, does it make your balls tingle?" <laughs> and I think that's such like a, graphic, like a graphic, like such a graphic thing, you know. And I'm sure there's like the she had the female equivalent and stuff like that, and that that just always makes like when you think about it, does it give you goosebumps? I mean, like, it, are you happy doing it? Are we? Um, and you know, we were talking about the other day, yesterday, what's um, about about sometimes that masculine results driven. Look at the numbers, Johnson, right? I will succeed once I arrive. Whereas I think it's, am I enjoying it while I'm doing it, even if I never get there, right? So am I just every day, right? It's that lead, measure, lag, measure conversation. Um... Am I only going to be happy once I lose 20 pounds or am I enjoying going to the gym every day? And I feel great about that without losing the 20 pounds. And I think that's a good analogy to, you know, am am I enjoying building this business? Am I enjoying discovering what it's like and doing these things, not being so worried about the failure? And of course, only risk what you have to. I mean, there's so many opportunities. We don't need to go to the bank and take out a huge loan to start a business anymore. We can, it's, it's, you know, depending on what business you want to get in. You could just kind of go out there. You could start dipping your toe in the water. And I I think that's why, you know, I think that's why coaching uh, kind of has, there's so many people kind of exploring these things. Then there's so many coaches out there, like helping people like, Hey, look, we can help you get this thing started. Right. Um, And it's, um, it's, it's a good world to be in. I think right now it's, uh, it's interesting, but it's, I, you know, people, people give up too easily. I think they stop enjoying the process. And once you don't enjoy something anymore, you should probably cool it for a little bit or look at the other things.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Coming back, back to, to that. that, that idea that life is something that should be enjoyed and we, we get to make choices. And yeah. although <laughs> we feel like we don't get to make choices sometime, we always have a choice as an adult. Well, the
1: power of decision is something you, nobody can ever take it away from you. Right. I mean, the power of choice, you know, it's like you always have a choice, right. And it's, you know, talk about like vanilla or chocolate. Here you go. Like, I know you want strawberry. That's not an option here. Vanilla or chocolate, you choose, right? It's like, no, I I have to go to work. No, you don't. You can choose not to go, right? I was having this conversation with one of the kids, one of my girlfriend's kids. He's like, I hate homework. And I'm like, so take the zero. I can't just not do it. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You cannot do that assignment and you could go take the zero. Yeah, but that's going to affect my grade. Exactly. You can do it. You don't think that, don't let, allow someone to take that power away from you that you can't do something because you absolutely can we cannot show up to work we can go in late right Exactly. You do all these things there are prices to pay and it's people that don't have the accountability for the the results of the repercussions of their actions um i think those are the people that feel kind of defeated and like oh i don't have a choice well just choose it you're stuck in traffic right my old coach mike bastion used to say you're stuck in traffic choose it i choose to be in traffic well i don't have an option yeah you do you could leave earlier. You could take a helicopter, right? You cannot be stuck in traffic. Or could we say, I'm choosing this and I'm choosing to do with my time in traffic. I'm choosing this. And guess what? It's a great time to catch up with old friends or talk to that person I haven't talked to in a while. So it's um, the power of choice is so powerful. And it's I think that's the one thing that even I, particularly like a lot of young people, I have a teenage daughter now, and it's a this idea that they don't have a choice for things—it's, um, I think that's huge. I think it's, a, I think that's a worse plague um, than COVID
0: nineteen. Agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent. Chris, let's shift the, the conversation a little bit now to more about is exactly what you do with your client. Who is your mm-hmm. ideal client, and what are some of the things they're struggling with?
1: Yeah, so I started came from the real estate world. Um, initially, my My first, the first people I ever worked with were uh, real estate agents that were solo agents that hit a ceiling that needed to start building a team or agents with teams or brokerages uh, that needed to reorganize and become more efficient with systems, tools, and people. Um, Aside from that, I had attorneys starting to ask me for help. Mortgage companies, insurance companies. Um, so I started being able to work with everybody with their leadership teams. Uh, systems, tools, and people is really what I work with. Um, so systems, how you do things. Tools, what you do it with, and then people, who's who does it. Um, then I started. Um, I, I got most of my clients. I was doing uh, presentations mostly on team building, uh, on neurolinguistic programming. Um, on um, you know, I, I was talking about technology and leverage and tools like that, and then people would come up to me and need more stuff. I want more, so I was like, man, I don't have anything. Give me a business card, and I'll let you know when I'm have another thing. And so then I started to put together coaching programs where I was taking on private clients, and then uh, then I started doing group coaching programs um, and taking on more people. Then I had people that were like, well, can you? Uh, real estate companies for one. Can you coach our new people? Like, I don't work with new people. Well, can you put together a a group? So I put together groups for new people and then started doing some sales training. But sales training, I really say, is customer service and language more than anything. It's really learning how to communicate at a higher level and really learning how to deliver uh, that five-star experience to somebody, kind of be your authentic self and how you occur to people. That's the only thing that you have. And so those are mainly the people I work with. Um, I also... So it's usually people that hit a ceiling that can't get to the next level and it's through leverage. Um, They also get on the other side. I get people that are – I have a guy that's uh, right now, for example – he, he works for a tech company. He's, um, you know, he's very successful with that, but he's also a playwright and he's starting a coaching business. That's where he does these creative retreats. So um, I help people like him that are looking to start a business and I get him, I help people bring their ideas for their business and help them come to fruition. And I do that through... Um, uh, you know, the process of helping them make it from an idea to like a tangible thing in the world. Um, and if they need capital, I, I help them find those resources. A lot of what I do is connect people, uh, you know, like talking about like Dan Stewart, you know, I have clients that said, I wish I could had a <laughs> an email, I wish I had an email messaging that sounded like me, that didn't sound like all these canned emails. And I said, I got something for you. So that's a lot of what I do is connect people put people in the right direction. You know, so I might, I might come across somebody, I might come across somebody who's like, Chris, I want to do something. I want to be a I don't know what that is at. I, I have a block and I'll be like, Hey man, you got to talk to Dr. Mary, you know, get all that fixed up. And then when you want to start putting together uh products and services and mechanical things man i could i could help you from there so that's a lot of um and that's that's what's kind of cool too is just um being able to utilize your network in that level and i think uh coming from um you know coming from the real estate background you're on the city, you're around mortgage people you're around attorneys and title companies and all these kinds of people so now i'm just yeah, i come across people i'm just so curious about what they do i'm like today i connected I connected an accountant with somebody, I connected a financial planner with somebody. It's like, "Hey, do I have somebody for you? I I can help you. I got somebody for you." And it's uh it's just cool when you can make a difference like that on that level. But that's that's my ideal client. It's a business person that hit a ceiling of some kind. Um and yeah, that's that's the problem is, I don't you probably experienced this too. People want you to come in and do it, you know? So I've got I've had like, you know, "Can you come in and be the CEO here?" I'm like, "Nope, I will help you." I will create systems for you to find and hire the right person, and then I will coach you to coach them, right? So I want to develop leaders. I don't want to do it. I want to make... So here's the thing, and people say it's kind of like in a counterintuitive business practice, I want to make myself useless as fast as possible in any organization.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Can I be in and out in six months and then you are self-sufficient? Man, I consider that a success, even though I am no longer on that company's payroll anymore, but that's... I I mean, I think that's a win for me.
0: (laughs) I agree, and I really appreciate that perspective. I I remember the first time I heard that uh, I was going to a functional doctor, uh, functional medicine, and so he's really he's operating independently. And he was telling me, and this was before I was entrepreneur mindset, right? I, I had a job and wasn't thinking about business. But I remember him saying to me that you know his goal was to help me achieve health as quickly as possible so that I don't have to come back He says it's a terrible business model um, and it's it's contrary to the traditional medicine mm-hmm. model which is we'll take this and now we've got a lifelong um keep
1: writing the come back so I can write you the prescription. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. And then we're we're gonna have to do new tests and you're gonna have to come in for appointments, right? I mean, that's how they generate um income. and, and so I remember that and it was interesting how that stuck with me. Like this is a terrible business model, but this is the right way to do business. Um, and, I, and I think that that really fits in now what I know about business and what I believe about business, um, and especially this whole concept of being a conscious entrepreneur. We kind of talked about that yesterday. And by the way, um, yesterday, Chris and I had a great conversation on his uh, Facebook Live. And, and Chris, is it okay if we include a link to that in our description here? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's there. It's also on YouTube. I, I stream it live to YouTube, but sometimes it's easier to share. But yeah, it's all those places. Feel free to share wherever you like.
0: Yeah, so, um, so this idea that we can build a business and put purpose and people first, profit is is on the table. We're not leaving it out. We're this is not about just giving away things, but um, it's we lead with purpose and people, and I, get, I think that's what I'm hearing from you as well, and everything that you're talking about in terms of your own business, and then this idea that I'm creating people who have the ability, the knowledge, the skills. The mindset to create whatever outcomes that they're looking for. And 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 you know, peace, right? I mean, I've done my bit. I, I've walked with you along the part of the path that you needed me to walk with you. And now you're you're on with the rest of your journey.
1: Yeah, that's it. You know, and um, it's yeah, I mean, now I'm starting to realize that even though we're not needed any longer, uh, people still wanna be plugged in. So like kind of having like this almost like this community or tribe, a mastermind of like-minded people. And you're probably experiencing this too. Like when you, when you start, you, you get a handful of clients and then all of a sudden it gets bigger and bigger. And then you lose some, you have some, you, some clients go away, then you get some new ones, then they meet each other and they are like, wow, you know, we all talk the same. We all have the same mindset. Wow. This is great. Can we all get together? So it's like, man, you know, so now there's a, these little opportunities, um, kind of surface, that you weren't even aware of, and kind of uh, the 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 realm of I don't know what I don't know is real exciting to me, and I'm real curious about that. And uh, I mean, this morning we in breakfast and I uh, was talking about you, and I was I, was t- I was telling my girlfriend who's said I'm uncoachable, but now she's now she's got. Now she signed up with a coach. One of my clients did a mind mapping exercise with her and it was amazing. And she's like, you know, we should like all these things. And I'm like, it's so funny to hear you talk like this, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, here from uncoachable to like, you know, now she's like, you have this whole network of coaches. And she's like, and you'd be so good. And she's like, she's like, did you ever think about, she asked me, she's like, did you ever think about coaching coaches? And I'm like, I don't really coach coaches, but I could help people. I could help coaches create a business, right? So it's the same thing And I start Cause she's like, and then she said, if your whole thing is, Helping as many people as possible. What if you help one coach that helps five or 10 business people or helps five or 10 people? And I was like, hmm, now you're talking my language, right? Because it's like the impact that I could have. And believe me, part of my growth plan, you know, I got real estate people that I have clients that are going to become great coaches to take over groups. And I have, um, you know, I have clients that. Are what they're doing, they're getting so good at it that they can now share that experience with other people and help other people do it at a high level. So that's just like a new fledgling thing that popped into my world. And I'm like, man, look at that. And what if we had this whole network of people that are helping people and passing it around And kind of growing this thing, and then ultimately, you just have a whole bunch of people that are just doing shit they love, and they're operating at a high level. And you know, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Cheers.
0: We, a a colleague and I, are actually in the early stages of putting together um, a magazine for this um, um, community of the conscious entrepreneur. And the way we define that again is that that entrepreneur that is leading with purpose and people. And, and profit. Um, and Because I think that what I've experienced with my clients, and this is why I first started this podcast, is because I felt like so many of my clients felt like they were on an island of themselves, like they were swimming upstream against this culture that said, you know, here's the path you're supposed to follow. And, and they didn't have the, the validation that their path Whatever that path was, was also acceptable. And so this podcast was started with the intention of just sharing story after story of entrepreneurs who struggled with something, because we all struggle with something on this path, and um, finding our own way out of it. Because I don't think that anyone that I have spoken to, and it's, it's not because I'm vetting them out, but mm. anyone that I have spoken to has said, well, I went back to the, to the book, and it said to do this, and so that's what I did, and it worked. Like, nobody's saying that. <laughs> All right? So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so we're, we're putting together this uh, Conscious Rebel. Entrepreneur yeah, magazine, and, and so I'll, I'll also have some uh, sign-up.
1: Do you consider doing like a membership area too, Conscious Entrepreneur, where you know exactly a blog people sharing stories and your videos in there and things? That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. And I, I mean, I love this. I love print still, man. I mean, we've kind of gotten away from that, but it's now, man. I got to tell you, Uh, when I moved to Florida, I started getting magazines in the mail, and I'm like, man, I forgot how cool magazines are. You know, just those glossy, colorful pages. You know, I, I just like, um I have a high aesthetic drive. I just love, uh, you know, I just right. love beautiful things.
0: Well, and I think too, the thing about print is that you don't, it's not a series of clicks that take you down a rabbit hole that you didn't expect that you were going in. Now, you, some could say that that's a benefit of being online and I, and I can appreciate that. And this will be online as, as well as available in print. But when you have something in print, you can take it wherever you go, whether there's electricity there or not, whether there's internet access or not. You really can just take this anywhere and then stay focused on that topic. There's, there is nothing else. There's not not a little thing to click on over here and mm-hmm. takes you down a, a path that you didn't know. You, exactly. you, you get to focus. And I think that's another thing that our, our tensions have been so um, scattered, right? We're, we're getting pulled in so many different directions. But the
1: TikTok generation.
0: <laughs> yeah. But with this, maybe we can rediscover the joy of giving ourselves a little bit of time, focusing on something for a little bit of time, um mm-hmm. and, and allowing that content to in to sink into us and and sinking, right? change us and and make us more of who we really want to become.
1: Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, me too. It's it's our, our target release is this summer. So that's as, as specific as we are right now. But um, yeah, we'll definitely be sharing more information as that comes about.
1: Awesome. I can't wait.
0: Now, is there anything like one of the things that I, I I have found like when we have a business that says, here's the problem that I solve and here's the benefits that people gain from working with me, there's a gap in there. And in that gap, there is usually something that we don't know. Is there something that your ideal client doesn't know that if they did know would really help to fill that gap?
1: Um, You know, that's a good question. And I, it's, there usually is something. I wouldn't say that there's a one size fits all answer for that, um, but it's definitely like uncovering that blind those blind spots. I mean, I've had clients literally that just by installing a great. CRM or customer relationship management system. All they needed was a technology to change your world, Something that they've never considered. Uh, you know, for example, uh, I get clients that are like my phone's ringing all day. I'm being reactive. I can't do anything. And it's like, I mean, I've helped. I've had single. I've had three free strategy minutes. I had free strategy sessions with people where I'm like, why don't you set up a calendar or an acuity link, respond on your phone for them to schedule it. They schedule it. You call them back. Take control of your calendar again. They're like, "Why didn't I ever think of this?" I'm like, "Because you didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't know that." So that's an example. A lot of the times, um, I I get it. A lot of the people that I get with are kind of like you know, kind of like these high D entrepreneurs. They're so good at doing things. They're so they get things done, but then they're doing too much. So breaking down that wall of I can't hire somebody. Nobody could do it as good as me. And I'm like, and sometimes it's a process. I mean, I've had clients. I, I mean, I have a client. I'm a client up in Westchester, man. I After a year, he's like, Chris, you started sending me a long email. I finally realized that if I stop working in the business and I just focus on my team, I'll multiply. I'm like, yeah. And I found the notes from a year ago. And I was like, hey, bud, remember a year ago, we took some notes on this. I've been talking to this for about a year. You just you could have saved yourself a lot of coaching calls if you just would have done this the first time. So, And a lot of time it's with people. It's with crossing over to be like, Getting that first assistant, that executive assistant, that, that assistant executive that's going to change your life, even subcontracting things out, even like saying, stop trying to build a website yourself. Right. <laughs> stop trying to edit. Stop trying to edit videos until they're perfect. Right? Like all these things. Stop like, hey, what do you think of my new logo? Um, It sucks. Oh man, I worked on that for twelve hours. Yeah, there's somebody in Fiverr, some college student, it's gonna do it for you for twenty bucks. It's gonna blow it away. So it's really kind of overcoming that nobody can do it better than me. I, well, here's an example. I got a guy in Brooklyn, you know, super Brooklyn guy, and he hires his sister. He's like, "Oh, my assistant drives me crazy. It takes her. He's like, Chris, it takes her two hours, what it takes me thirty minutes to do." And I was like, "Listen." <laughs> Remember when we calculated how much you're worth per hour? How much you're worth an hour? Well, I'm worth two hundred and eighty-seven dollars an hour. Great. So it takes you thirty minutes. That costs how much? You know, one hundred and forty bucks. How much you pay her an hour? Twenty dollars an hour. Great. So listen, it, and it's and it comes out perfect, doesn't it? So what takes her two hours? You're you're in there forty dollars in instead of one hundred and forty dollars in. That sounds like a plus. $100 in your pocket to me, doesn't it? And it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, I know you didn't. That's why you pay me the bucks to tell you how to think that way. Now stop focusing on that and go out and do what you do best, right? And stop worrying about flyers and administrative stuff and don't worry about it. She's going to take longer. She's going to do it right. It's going to be good, high quality, and it's still going to cost you less than you doing it yourself. And that's kind of, that's really the biggest challenge I think that people have is really accepting that. If they if they just knew the power of leverage, uh, that would be the the one thing that I would say. And but that comes in different forms. That's what I mean. There's no one size fits all answer.
0: Absolutely. But I, I appreciate you bringing us back to that idea of leverage um, mm-hmm. and how important that is for us to. I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I there was some comfort in getting caught up in all of those little tasks because I could do them oh,
1: and true. all the that's stuff.
0: That I didn't know how to do, like I was putting off, I was putting off. Uh, and then, you know, I, then now I had an excuse. Well, I'm just too busy to get to it. Whereas with leverage, I, I don't even have to um, tempt myself to get involved in those kinds of things, which gives me then the space and the permission to focus on the things that only I can do.
1: It's a beautiful thing.
0: Well, Chris, I have en- I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Do you have any final thoughts for us? I
1: don't. I thank you so much for having me here and um you know for talking with me yesterday and I'm just kind of looking forward to all the possibilities that are in front of us and um I can't wait to I can't wait to do something again with you in the future. I think um it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and that's the idea of it's exciting. So thanks again for having it me. It is.
0: It is. And I and I love this idea landing on this idea of fun. If if it's not fun, then why are we doing it?
1: yeah and you know it's like it's, remember i told you yesterday my friend in college today he's like oh whatever you're gonna do it's gonna suck so you might as well make money doing it and i'm like no oh, wait a second might no but like, why, why does it have to suck why can't it be fun you know and but all the time people say you're having too much fun what you're doing you shouldn't be you know you shouldn't that shouldn't be a job i'm like i'm sorry about that you know right. didn't mean to exactly. have fun. <laughs> right what are you gonna do but yeah here we are
0: all right well thank you again chris it's been an absolute pleasure
1: my pleasure i'll see you soon
0: Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.